Conservatives love conservatives until they start keeping it real. And we, and we, keep it real. This is the award-winning Wayne Dupree Podcast. Our political leaders have been lying to us for years. And no matter what side of the political aisle they're on, we call them out. If it's politics, entertainment, culture, elections, and anything in between, we're talking about it. And we back it up with smarts coming to you straight between the ears. This is the award-winning Wayne Dupree Podcast with your host, Wayne Dupree, Angel Fleming, and Hutch the Godfather Bailey Jr. You know, there's a lot of frustration. I often see empty shelves being shown on television. People are paying more for a pound of hamburger meat than they ever paid. Very few schools are closing. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and they pull up to a pump and all of a sudden, instead of paying $2.40 a gallon, they're paying $5 a gallon. Should we have done more testing earlier? Yes. Did we have it at the moment exactly when we should have moved and could we have moved a month earlier? Yeah, we could have. I think report cards would look pretty good. I didn't overpromise. I don't view that as somehow a mark of incompetence. I have not been out in the community nearly enough. Go back and read what I said. We always have long press conferences. I don't believe the polls. Uh, yeah. Folks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are live. It is. <laughs> it is a. It is, it is a Monday. It, it is, is a yeah, Monday. you know what? And that's what that's why things are happening. Let me introduce the angel of the airways, Miss Angel Fleming, and the godfather of radio, Mr. Hutch Bailey. Hola, ladies and gentlemen, a lot to talk about. Short time to do it. You know, we only do this from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because we don't believe in 24/7 news networks in the first got during place so why should we be on here for a long period of time you got other stuff to do we just want to update you on things that are going on or broadcast it on let's start with our platforms first let uh, broadcast it on rumble uh getter cloud hub d live and then we have the troublemakers, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So if you're on the ladder, look toward CloudHub, <laughs> DLive, Getter, and Rumble uh, as your mainstay of staying in contact with us on a regular basis. Hutch, you're right. Right about Lindsey Graham. I hope there's a whole lot of people down in South Carolina going, damn, he was right. You're right about Lindsey Graham. I I I, when I saw when I (laughs) Joe Biden got another judge, man. He got me today. I I didn't, I mean, damn, he's just saying I might as well be a Democrat. Yeah, he yeah, he's 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 um he's out he's out there saying a whole lot of stuff. He's he's out there saying a lot of stuff. Um, as a matter of fact, I think he might be in Joe Biden's ears about Russia. As Putin tries to dismantle NATO and divide NATO, I support President Biden's decision to send more troops in to reinforce NATO. He's trying to destroy a neighboring democracy. He hates democracy, Putin. And I will just say this. 
to, to President Putin, if you invade the Ukraine, you will destroy the ability of future presidents to treat you and Russia as normal. You'll long for the good old days of the Cold War because every president in the future will pound you. Mm -hmm. And every Congress in the future will pound you if you dismantle this democracy. So be careful what you wish for, my friend. Damn, he's even using the democracy word. <laughs> I mean, guys like him, I'll tell you why, why people like him make me mad. Because wow. he puts on a uniform and gets to hide on the third floor in the law office mm -hmm. while everybody else is out there on the tanks. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, Angel, he's, he's, um, he's beating the war drums. He's beating the war drums. And, um, you know, I saw, I saw a report earlier that um, Russia and even the Ukraine, even some people in Ukraine is saying that the uh, United States is creating hysteria. Mm -hmm. they, they, they are the one that, not us, not us. We, look, we ain't got a damn thing to do about it. But they're saying the Biden administration is the one that's creating all the havoc. Yeah, and I mean, there was a recent poll done, I forget which one it was now because this broke right before the weekend, but it was something like 61 to 75% of Americans do not support action in Russia versus Ukraine. You know, and you, see those memes, you see those memes going around about, this is funny, right? The, the Star Wars meme that goes around and Joe Biden says, I'm going to protect the border. And she says, our border, right? And he just sits quiet and it's because he's, he's protecting <laughs> Ukraine's border not ours. The, their democracy matters more than ours, right. right? So we really have to be skeptical here. And that's why Joe Biden says he doesn't listen to polls. He's not going to be told what to do. He's going to send your children to war and, you know, enslave them to slavery over the debt, trillions of dollars of debt going into the next generations. And the clock is ticking every single day. I mean, they're, they're so out of touch. And like you and Hutch were just saying, beating that old war drum, saving mm -hmm. democracy. I mean, 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back. <laughs> we're way past this now. Way past this. We're past NATO. We shouldn't right. even be in NATO. There shouldn't be a NATO. No. I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the whole thing is absolutely nuts for us to. And when you listen to the verbiage of what you were talking about with the borders. Yeah. A sovereign nation's borders must be inviolate. And I'm thinking, Texas, man. What are Inviolate. you talking about? How can you sit there and say that? You are telling me that you think I am stupid and I'm offended. Say it yeah. again for the people in the back, Hutch. Our <laughs> president <laughs> is looking to spend trillions of dollars and our soldiers' blood to protect a border that is not our own while our he own. is facilitating right. our enemy to come through our own border and being bust overnight to cities unbeknownst to the governors right. and the right. mates. And guess right. what? Guess what? By next year, the Army and the Marines are going to have brand new rifles, brand new pistols, brand new uniforms, brand new trucks, brand new tanks. The Navy's going to get brand new ships, and we don't need them. And and crime crime will continue to go up because, I, I mean, look, I was, I was in good in algebra. I hate I hated math. But one thing I know, how can you add an A and a B, man? Get this off my head. <laughs> one, look, one thing I know is if you bring criminal, if you allow criminals in, criminals are going to do criminal things. That, I mean, it, that's just it. I mean, I don't think that they're accepting the Lord Jesus Christ at the border and changing over to make things different when they come in this country. They see a brand new opportunity 
with a whole lot of sensitive uh, <laughs> uh, soy, I guess, type of leadership and stuff. And it's like wolves seeing sheep to slaughter, man. Yeah. And they're all military age males. We've shown it to you right on this show. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, half and of them have ankle bracelets. Plenty of footage pouring out of these guys getting off of planes in in Florida. Once DeSantis gets a gets a hold of this, what's going to happen? I mean, whenever the the leadership tells you this is a threat to democracy, look at what they don't want you to look at. You have to look in the exact opposite direction because there's nothing bigger to the threat of our democracy than what Hutch just said: criminals coming in over the border. They're coming in over the border. They're being bused to cities all over the world. They are going to be a part of this anarchistic Black Lives Matter, Antifa. They're going to get all involved in that. We're already seeing co-eds being raped and murdered. We're, we're seeing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. We're not protected. We're not protected while Ukraine has protection that they don't want. You know, and then and then um, then the Graham, Graham didn't stop with that. He didn't start with the war drums. Grant, a creature of survival. That's basically what Graham is. He's a creature of survival. You know, it's an excellent like way of putting it. When, he's a swamp creature who comes yeah. out to suck on the blood of children and go back. But and, all he wants to do is stay in a swamp. And I answer question. Right. They ask, what do you want to do with your career? I want to remain relevant. Mm -hmm. If you... And I look, and I admit I fell into the Lindsey Graham so did I. suit when he was with Trump because when McCain died, it seemed that Lindsey saw the light and started being friendly with Trump and started hanging around with Trump and he was pushing Trump and praising Trump and doing all that stuff. And then January sixth came, he said, I you know, I, I was with him and I was but time time is and this is the way it is, and he's got to accept that he's lost and stuff. What he's doing with Biden right now is basically what he did with Trump. Staying relevant. Yeah, political and expediency. That's political all political expediency. And you and we all heard that Biden wants to put a woman of color with um on the Supreme Court, and that's also in the high disapprovals across America, too. It well actually. That's like, nine, that's like 90 well, percent. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yes, yeah, it was a very high number. It was something like 90 percent where they want merit before merit. gender and skin color. Exactly. There's still exactly. hope, folks. Yes. There's still hope for America. Not listening to the polls. La, 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 la. He doesn't I know, care. right? I know, right? But, but this is what Biden had to say about uh, no, this is what Graham had to say about Biden coming out with that idea. And President Reagan said, running for office, that he wanted to put the first female mm -hmm. on the court. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm gonna pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of qualified African-American women, conservative and liberal, that could go onto the court. So I don't, concede that, I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action. I do see putting a black woman on the court making the court more like America. In the history of our country, we've only had uh, five women serve mm -hmm. and two African-American men. That was a gay tie. Um, I'll tell you what, the guy is like, <laughs> nobody ever says anything good about Clarence Thomas. You know, you never hear anything about him. He's been on the court for decades. 
You know, I mean, the whole idea of picking somebody for something other than merit is, and I think get mediocrity that way. But you know what? That woman, she went to South Carolina University. Childs. Yeah, she's from South Carolina. So that's why mm-hmm. James Clyburn is so much behind her. He's she is his main pick. Got it. Okay. All right. I, I mean, I was wondering why um, Silas Clyburn came out <laughs> for uh, for. Um, for this woman, and one of the main reasons why I call James Clyburn and Silas, ladies and gentlemen, this goes all the way back to when he had a chance to be the number two the person in the house, and Nancy Pelosi wanted Steny Hoyer, <laughs> but Clyburn was going to be number two, and Nancy went over to him and was like, "Look, I'll give we'll- you." The- Give you the Chevy Volt. Yeah, we'll we'll give you a car. We'll give you a driver. We'll even give you a new office. Oh man, you know, oh, with a new title, but just let Steny Hoyer be number two. And Silas Clyburn was like, "Okay, can't that's dumb. You can't trust any of them." And that's the thing is that what they're looking for now. They can tell you for the Supreme Court they want a black woman. And, you know, Lindsey Graham was just heard saying, so it looks more like America, right? But what they really want, they don't care. They just want a body who will do their bidding. And they, mm-hmm. want, they want the woke mob to be appeased by this, just like the woke mob was appeased by Obama. They didn't care what his character was. They didn't nope. care what he stood for. They wanted a black person to be the yep. president of the United States. And they look at what we have now. You know, and we have to be careful because we do have a black Supreme Court justice. And just as you guys said, they just don't like him. They don't like him. They want somebody that they can manipulate. They want a sacrificial offering to the woke mob. And they're just talking to us like we're idiots. We say this every show. They believe you know, I, want, I just want to go back before we lose the thought of the a segment ago about the when you hear the word democracy. That is a red flag from any one of these politicians. (laughs) I mean it. I'm dead serious. There is no democracy in America, ladies and gentlemen. We do not have a democracy. Democracy is mob rule. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. what democracy is. This is a representative constitutional republic. Yes. And anytime you hear anything, you hear Lindsey Graham, Nancy Pelosi, I don't care who it is. When they say our democracy, antennas need to go up right away. Sure. And, and hey, over the history books, Ronald Reagan said democracy too. Both sides use that word when it's right. prudent. Yeah, Ronald Reagan was no, no perfect guy. Right, and they're, they're trusting that you don't know any better and you're on board. That's right, that's right. 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 So right. get offended. Democracy get offended. came from Arab Spring. Arab Spring was democratic and it turned yeah. into Islamic rule. Every time... Every time you hear about our side trying to democratize some some country overseas, over there, it's yeah. like, yep, exactly. Then you're going to hear the word democracy, and democracy is one of those warlike type. You know, we there's something that we want over there, and we want to take it over, and we have to go over there and protect our interest, our nation's interests. Yes. So that's why. Because um, Raytheon said 1984. so. 1984. <laughs> or Pfizer. We say this every single episode, too. It's 1984. <laughs> and just like what Wayne said last week, like once you start see, seeing the strings, you can't, yeah. you can't unsee them. 
And so right. when they tell you anything's a threat to the, the <laughs> democracy, they're telling you who their enemy is. I'll tell I'm you what, their democracy, this show is. <laughs> 1984 was a great year. Was awesome. <laughs> I was in Korea. I was having a blast. <laughs> well, President Trump had his rally over the weekend. <laughs> President Trump had, had his rally over the weekend. I, I think it was on Saturday. Um, and uh, I don't know who's writing the speeches, but stop putting what he's going to do in the speeches. I, 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 I'm serious. Stop putting what he's going to do in the speeches because it will come back against him later on. Um, and, and, and it might not even matter. It might not even matter at the polls. Okay. Because there might be 90% of America that's going to go and vote for him. So it really doesn't matter. But I keep going back to this old thing. When you're practicing guerrilla warfare, you don't go out and tell people that you're going to use guerrilla warfare. You just don't do it. And, and your tactics before did he make it? Did he make a statement on Graham yet? I'm no. waiting for that. That's coming. No, not not yet. If not it's yet. not coming, then well, I mean, he's coming. You would think you would think it's coming because he did come out and say something about Mitch McConnell. But um, he and he said we're done with COVID. <laughs> he's like, we're done. We're moving on. No more COVID. No more vax. Nothing. We're out of here. But you know, he said that he was um, going to consider. Now this is Saturday night, so you know that uh, <laughs> you know the newsrooms and the networks were like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until he said, "You know what? I'm thinking about pardoning January 6th. What? What? What are you saying? What? So that became the topic of Sunday morning. You, you usually it's Thursday night, uh, Friday news is Sunday's topic. But this is this is something that they started talking about. So then they start asking Susan Collins, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, and Lindsay, what do you have to say about President Trump talking about pardoning the January 6th people if he is uh, reelected? Uh, no, I don't want to send any signal uh, that it was okay to defile the Capitol. There are other groups with causes that may want to go down the violent path if these people get pardoned. But isn't that a dangerous like thing to Kamala say? Harris yeah, well, I think it's inappropriate. I, I don't want to reinforce that defiling the Capitol was okay. Defiling. Who does he think he is? <laughs> He's a, I can't picture him in South Carolina. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. 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 Well, the he, thing is, is, in the 80s, you had acts of terrorism from the Democrats on behalf of Republican Congress. They were all pardoned and they're behind Black Lives Matter today. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing, too, is you can only pardon somebody once they've actually been charged with something. And nobody in January 6th has been charged with anything. They're all being held against their will with no charges brought. So, you know, we're There's all- a couple. They brought them against, I mean, they brought sedition charges against like five of them, right? Sedition. Oh, I'm glad yeah. that they're dusting okay. that one off. I'm glad that they're dusting sedition off. Look it at might this. not even Look have been that. sedition. It might have been seditious behavior. Yeah, right. <laughs> Something yeah, like that. Right. I mean, it's bullshit, whatever it is. It's not... <laughs> They didn't do it. I mean, I don't know that that matters in the court. You look these at the days. letter underground. You look at yeah. Bill. Oh Aaron. my God! Yeah. You look at Obama's friends in yeah. very yeah. tight circles. Right. You look at right. who these people are and what they've done. Yep. And you're going to tell us that that whoever was involved in January 6th defiled the Capitol? Well, you've got, you you've got Bill Aaron's. there, honestly. 
You got Bill Ayers is a professor emeritus at fucking yes. Chicago University. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, this guy is still you, and you you guys are still sending your kids to college. You're out of your mind. Didn't he? Didn't the Weather Underground bomb FBI? They bombed the Golf Building in Pittsburgh. And didn't some and people the, and, the, and the NCO Club yeah. in Fort Dix? They were going to blow up, but they blew the bomb up when they were making it, and it killed Bill Ayers' girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> and you're right, but but yes, they bombed. They killed a cop. Exactly right, right. So, I mean, you know, but but these people in high offices don't they know that Americans aren't going to go back and look for that stuff. Hey, Angel said it right. They're in high offices. They are. Right. Yeah. They are. The Clintons are all left, right, left with you, that. You look at Valerie Jarrett. You yeah. Look at, you look at these mm -hmm. names and who they're tied to. These aren't conspiracy theories. Literally. Right. Tim no, they are. No, they Senator are. Tim Kaine's son is Antifa. Right. And so here's yeah. the thing. When you zoom out and look at the big picture, the Democrat Party is about punishing their political enemies and forgiving mm -hmm. those on their side, no matter what their issue may have been. They are willing to break some eggs to make the omelet. They don't care. And that does not fit. It does not jive with our constitutional republic. We are and a land of laws. And when there is no justice, those are seeds of rebellion being planted left and right on both sides. And both sides would be justified. One side doesn't want America anymore. The other side 100% does. I mean, they're really, really stirring the pot to a very it's dangerous really, They are. And the people that are on the America side will fight for it. Will. I mean, it might it might take steak being 50 bucks a, a piece. Actually, I'd like to I'd like to mention this for a second because I read this a couple of weekends ago and I, I screenshot it and I send it sent it to Wayne. So I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to bring it up. The Economist mm. published two weeks ago that they were frightened with the prospect. First of all, gun sales have never been higher. Right. Um, but they are shocked at the, the diverse demographics of gun ownership. Yeah. Black oh, yeah. gun ownership is now five, up 5.8%. Women gun ownership is up. And The Economist said, this does not bode well for gun regulation and anti-gun right. uh, laws that are gonna be rolled out. They're losing support. Every And what that speaks to on a global scale, I mean, really on a national scale, is Americans really don't trust their government. They are all running out. I mean, they had a, show to, a, a photo on The Economist of this um, Asian-American older lady who was buying a firearm to protect herself. And they were like, oh, oh no, like we can't turn anybody around. We're losing hey, them. But, I, hey, spoke, this I spoke about this the other day, too. I was down at my... I was renewing my concealed carry permit. And the last two times I did that, it was me and a room full of black women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I'm dead. No, and there was an older black guy and there was an older white guy. But the majority yep. of the people in that room surprised me. I was happy about it. Yep. You know, it's like, this is great, man. Good. Stand up for your damn self. Yep. You know, and, and uh, it does worry them. And they should be worried because if you look at what happened in the Soviet Union, mm -hmm. the Soviet Union, the people got had had enough with the media lying to him, the government lying to him, everybody lying to everybody else. That's that's one of the main reasons they fell. The same thing's going to happen here. I mean, the media, I can't believe that these global corporatists are so stupid that they're going to allow their industry to be ruined by not being it. credible. That's yeah. it. I mean, we're going to hold court in the street, most average Americans. That's right. Because, because what we have seen over and over and over again especially over the past two and a half years, 
is violence with impunity. Yeah. Defund the police. The police yeah. legally have no obligation to protect you. I don't know if people notice this, but I in the nineties, I didn't learn that. I, I, I learned that. I learned that about fifteen. I learned that about fifteen or maybe twenty years ago, when when I was talking to a police officer, and he said, "If they roll up on somebody that's fighting, it's not on them to stop the fight." Not, they're not. And, and this went to a court case back in the '90s. So everybody remembers if you grew up anytime before the '90s, every cop car had "Protect and Serve" protect and on serve. the side of their car, on the side of their cars. Now they're gone and you start to scratch your head. Why? Why did they get rid of that? Because there was a constitutional court case with the Supreme Court on whether police actually had the authority to protect and serve. It was a family that sued, I think, because their daughter was killed when police were responding. Um, I don't remember the exact details, but the ruling was is the cop's job is to get the criminal and detain them for their day in court. Not clean it up. They their, job it up. Is not, yeah. their job is not to protect and serve you. And like my father said growing up, when seconds count, police are minutes away. Yep. And what Americans are looking at now is their homes are being burned down. Their their businesses are being looted and, and lit mm -hmm. on fire. And the cops mm -hmm. are being told to stand down. Unions for their own safety, because it's political expediency, we don't know why. But our government has abandoned us on every level. So what do we do? You what said earlier, do? you said earlier about the Democrats wanting to punish their political enemies. Yep. They're doing that with federal agencies. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not just yep. Democrats, the freaking FBI. You can't trust any of these organizations. Oh, uh, the, uh, the easiest way to get rid of someone you don't like is a no knock warrant. That's that's yeah. just right, right? because no knock warrants are served overnight. People don't know they're coming. Suddenly somebody kicks in your door. You think it's a home invader. You grab your gun. The cop sees the gun. It's a justified shooting. Clean kill. We saw this and, with Breonna Taylor. Yeah, we Breonna saw Taylor. Few, saw this with a few of them. And Rand Paul is the only one in Congress saying no knock warrants are unconstitutional. We need to get rid of them. But the Democrats love them because it's there the was, easiest way to get gun owners off the street. You remember You remember there was a – and I wanted to, I wanted to show the video – on the show it was like a four parts we just never really had a chance to do it but they know not warranted on this house in chicago just so happened that the woman was naked in there and the and the police were telling her don't move don't move she's standing there because she just came out of the shower or whatnot and uh they finally went and got her a blanket, but they had the guns pointed on, pointed at her and stuff. And they even locked her. They even put the handcuffs on her while she was naked. Okay. And then they went and got the blanket and put it on top of her. Humiliating you know? her. Yeah. Violating Ooh. her rights, violating her constitutional rights and making a mockery of her. And I think it was. No, not warrant. No, not warrant. And I think it was last weekend. I want to say Chicago. I'll have to look up the source on this. The cops served a no-knock warrant to the wrong house and the guy grabbed his gun because he thought he was he, he was under a home invasion and they killed him when yeah. he was not the subject of the no-knock warrant and, and I, they're no friends of yours i'll tell you what i went to this is about seven or eight years ago i live in a nice neighborhood right there's not a whole lot of rental i didn't think there was any rentals mm -hmm. but apparently that one house 
<laughs> so I'm driving down the road going on the way to work. It's like semi-dark still. And there's a freaking infantry platoon standing on the corner. I mean, these guys got Kevlar helmets. They got freaking oh. camouflage, bulletproof vests, protective vests. They got freaking gas masks on the side, pistols on their leg, and all kind of stuff on their belt. Yeah. And I was like, damn, what are they doing? And I came back after work. No, I, I went and I called the police from work. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, man, what in the F is happening on so-and-so street? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not able to divulge that, sir, at this time. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I live on that street. What happened? No, they wouldn't tell me. I came back home. They shot a grenade through this dude's window, man. A grenade? I mean, a, a flashbang, not a frag. But, I mean, there's a hole besides of a baseball in the second floor window. And, and I had read a story about a year before that that they did the same thing. I think it was in Atlanta. And the flashbang landed in the crib right next to the baby's face and blew the baby's face off. And I'm thinking, you know, this got to stop. And here's what it is. You got to understand the type of people that join the police department. They're alpha males. This is why I am so against any military equipment at all going to any police. Because here's the thing. You take that box of grenades, that case of grenades, or you take that MRAP or a machine gun, whatever. You put that in the arms room at the police station, one of them dudes is going to figure out a way to get that out of the box. And I I'll guarantee this, I'm going to be very careful in how I word this because I am I fall on neither side. I am not a Blue Lives Matter person, and I am not a defund the police person. Neither I am not. a constitutional yeah. purist, right? And we right. see far too many anecdotes of policing gone wrong. And for many of the reasons that Hutch just said, I will add on. The police force, when they stopped protecting and serving, when they stopped being local cops who were your neighbors, right? When they started becoming uh, corporatized. So many well, you cops- you can live outside the city limits and they all did. Yes, many cops have a partnership where they will look over a few cities all at once and the police force has to grow. And the more laws there are, the more cops we need the hiring needs to be fudged a little bit, skip this, get that, waiver this so that we can get more and more bodies. So you have people basically that are scabs, right, outside of our outside of our communities policing us. But then you pile on the union mentality and mm. cops are unionized. The Democrat union mentality. And when you have when you have a union mentality, I mean, hey, political party aside, unions will go for whoever is politically expedient for them. It just happens to be Democrats. But there are there are union cops in, in conservative counties. There are. They're all unionized. And, and there's so, conservative union cops. And so here's the thing. My my argument is unions are extremely dangerous when they when they collectively bargain against the taxpayer dollar because they look out for themselves first, not the mission. So that's when you start seeing we need to be safer. We need to be more protected. We need tanks. We need Kevlar. We need flashbang grenades. We need, when they start saying this and it's all at your expense, what, I mean, hey, we were all military. We can tell you when, when you, when the government gets big enough, it's hard to keep track of who's doing what. It's hard to keep track of what's going where. Things get lost and misplaced all the time. People will just pencil whip training documents. Go ahead, move on. I mean, I was trained as a cop in the military and you know, they kind of hand jammed me through the training process. I mean, luckily they slowed down a little, little bit when it got to CADM, you know, the combat arms training. But um, a lot of it, they just hurry up. We need you on the street. We need you on the street. And that's not to disparage 
my brothers and sisters in uniform. And that is not to disparage my right, brothers and right. sisters in blue. But yeah. I'm saying this. When you have a cop who thought she grabbed a taser and grabbed her gun and didn't know the difference, there is right. something wrong. Right. There is no way. Especially, it, no especially way anyone if there's supposed to be on different or, sides. Yes, there's it, no way would ever if, grab a taser and think it was a firearm unless they hadn't been trained properly to know the difference. If you start to lose that type of, I mean, you're in the heat of the moment. And for some reason, for a second, you forget you're a policeman. You don't forget. You aren't supposed to forget. You she had a responsibility. Have felt in her hand. I mean, exactly, exactly. I mean, and and then and then means, if, if that's the case, if both of them feel the same, then somebody got to make a difference. I, somebody needs to make a change. That's the now, thing. So this this is what I've been saying, and this is what's so unpopular is our. I, our wait, wait, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. I want to give a shout out to. Uh, a close friend that lives in my community that is a very good policeman, but I hope, and, and, and also watches the show, but I'm sure. And, but I also know that he's common sense too. Mm -hmm. So he, so he knows a lot of what you're talking about because even I have become leery of jumping on like, the the blue lives matter banner after watching this and this and this it pops up and pops up and pops up and pops up and then you start god darn i mean back in the day when obama was in office you had these lone wolves attack you remember things would happen and the media said oh that's just a lone wolf that's just a lone yeah, wolf. Well, wrong wrong wrong. Had to do right. lone wolf. And me, right. and me, I would come on the show. I was like, well, somewhere there's a goddamn wolf pack because, yeah. you know, they, I mean, they might be lone wolves coming out here, but somewhere is the headquarters. I call it a wolf pack. So, yes, we saw police. Like this happened with the police. Oh, well, this this happened to people. People breaking into people's house and like. Like the girl down there in Texas, the cop down there in Texas. I don't know whether she was drunk or whatnot. She opened up the wrong door. She thought it was her door. Opened, got in the wrong house, shot the guy. Shot the guy. And it's like, well, okay, well, you know, that's just one thing. No, then there was another one that happened a, 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 a couple weeks later where the front door was open. Somebody called for a welfare check. The police showed up. Didn't say that. Hello, police. Didn't say that. They just walked around the side of the house. They saw somebody through the blinders, thought that the person had a gun, shot him, and it turned out to be a female who was playing video games with a son, I, with a nephew. Yeah, you've heard of puppies being shot, people being shot in their sleep. And the thing is, is like, listen, guys, I see the chat's kind of going on fire right now. What we're saying is we're not anti-police. We are no, not. I no, I no, no. We have to hold ourselves I ain't accountable. Worshiping me either. We have to yeah. hold ourselves accountable because when I was growing up, I knew the neighborhood chief police. Hey, he knew us all by name. He went to church with us. Okay. You would never hear of somebody getting accidentally shot because if my police chief showed up at my house, he would say, Hey, Angel, how are you? I went to high school with this kid. He knows us. He can pause. He can think. He can say, Okay. This is the Fleming house. Are we sure we're talking about the Fleming house? Exactly. Right, right, right. But right. here's another thing, too, is 
as the unions demand more protection, more bodies on the street, you guys have to understand the left is turning up the heat on both sides for a reason. They want chaos in the streets to justify more. Why do you think these immigrants? The budget. Mm -hmm. so, when, so what you're seeing right now, and I've seen in the chat, a taser is shaped like a pistol. I'm sorry. I've held both. There is a huge difference. Yeah. The, only, the, the weight. The, yeah. Yeah. The only yeah. reason you wouldn't know the difference is if you're so green or you're so caught off with anxiety and stress that you don't even think to know the difference. They in the military, they take time to make sure you can work under stress. They try to make it as stressful for you as possible so you can still think clearly in those moments. So my argument has always been we need to scale back the unions and really focus on the quality of officer. Get them trained. That's get that on-the-job training. Let me carry out that thought a little bit further because you talked about it earlier. Um, one of the things about having unions, and it's not just police. Yeah. It's any public sector union. Any. Yeah. In the a city, interest. in yeah. a city, I lived in, in a, what used, I lived what used to be a major city. Yep. And when I was growing up, we had what was called the beat cop mm -hmm. yep. and the unions got rid of the beat cop. There's no yep. more beat cops. Yep. I used to know Sam and I knew Charlie. I knew all these guys, yep. every commerce district in the city had beat cops walking through it and they ate for free wherever they went. I mean, yep. it was, they were part of the program. Yep. And they had 38 special pistols yep. with bullets in the freaking belt. And most of them never shot their gun in anger in the city. Mm -hmm. Then a couple things happened. One, you talk about the unions. So you got a police union delegation. Who are they negotiating with for their contract? The freaking mayor that they work for. Right. It's a big freaking extortion scheme. And it's, it's hiding the money. And I just want to jump in real quick. If contrary to popular belief, unions are not democratic. They do not no, represent. They do not represent the majority of the voices of the people they no. represent. They say you pay us for protect. It's a mob. You pay and that's us for the protection. first thing they do. The first right. thing they do right. is make union membership mandatory. Yes, you pay us for protection, and we'll tell you how it's going to get done. And if done. you find yourself in any trouble, we'll get you out yeah. of that hot water with our lawyers. That's right. Period. Dot. That's it. My son, my son is not part of the police, but he is part of the union, and he and he was talking part of a union and he came home. He had, you know, he, he's talking about what the company's kind of coming down. They're trying to change things and, and it, it doesn't seem to be helping the union. I was like, well, companies, I broke it down to him like this. If there were a hundred of you working within a union, as hard as you work and the company is winning, because of your hard work and your union, the company ain't got no problem with you. Mm -hmm. The company ain't got no problem with that union because the union is helping that company get ahead. But if you got 50 of my son, and then you got 50 lazy asses. Those are the union guys. Which always happens to unions. <laughs> exactly, right? In my experience. The company suffers. Right. And that's why companies really don't like the union because the company I mean, because the I mean, because the company suffers, but the union still gets paid. The union gets their raises. The union gets, a, and that's the same thing with the police side. Yep. They they deal with that. You, you part of the union. We this is us. It, then there was the the second thing that wiped us out with the cops. Some of the cops was Nancy Reagan and her war on drugs. Uh, Once that came out. 
Now cops are making money by seizing stuff. They can seize anything in a drug bust. They get to keep it. You think they're not scheming on that at the federal level? I mean, I remember watching the series. I am. The larger it gangsters, man, though. They were gangsters, though. But the larger larger an entity becomes, the more opportunity for corruption and corrupt personalities to join the ranks. I mean, you guys talk about unions are communist factions (laughs) and communism promotes laziness, right? Yeah, It it is what it is. I mean, when my great, when my grandfather, he he was originally from Finland, he came to the United States, he served in uh, the army air corps as a tail gunner in world war two. He, he served his time, earned his American citizenship. And then he decided I'm going to go and work for the auto workers union. Um, Because he was great with Volkswagens. I mean, he knew Volkswagens and he was one of the strongest men in the world. Literally could lift a Volkswagen Beetle with his hands. Like he was huge, right? Um, And so he was all about work ethic and he worked hard, worked fast. And his coworkers kept saying to him, slow down. Don't, Don't make us look bad. Like slow down. And he eventually quit and started working in his own backyard working on vehicles because he was sick of the unions telling him slow down stop making us look bad yeah they told me they told me I, I worked for the federal government as an army civilian and in a maintenance shop mm-hmm. and when I, we all got hired at i mean pittsburgh this area got beat up way before the rest of the country i mean it was 85 i think i started working out there because my regular army tour had expired and it's like i still got to work there's no jobs here. So I go out there and old guys all said that. Slow down, man. You're going to work us right out of a job. I heard that before. Now, these guys are in a union that can't strike. And some of them pay dues. Yeah. Not all of them. You have to be in the union. You don't have to be in the union. You have to be represented by the union contract if you work there. And there's like one or two guys in the whole shop that are in the union. There's 80 guys that work at the shop. Right. And it was... uh like you said, man, I mean, it, it seemed like the guys that were the union representatives were the people that never did any work. Right. You know, and I, I, I got the management pretty quickly. And uh, I used to love fighting against those unions because they were wrong. Yeah. The only thing that they could argue, could bargain for was working conditions. And I used to tell them, go read the civil service manual. You got all these rights already. And the thing you don't is- need a damn union. Those right. those little those little spicy jazz words working conditions. That's yeah. what the police union is yeah. all. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and why there's I, no more beat cops. That's why yeah. you got a city like Detroit and the cops don't live there. Right. Or Pittsburgh is the same right. way. Right. They live out in the suburbs. You know what? I, I, um, and I hate us. I watched this yeah, documentary about Flint, Michigan, and how and how they they have to they ask the uh, the, the 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 city. If they could get a raise, so the cops in Flint, they, I mean, they, <laughs> they got to get their, their budget approved by the, the city, the, um, the voting on, voting on, they have to get their, um, raises and money and requests for more money. For- That's probably a good idea. Well, that way you don't have the corruption between the mayor and the cops. Well, but it's on the election system. yeah yeah because it didn't pass <laughs> you know it didn't pass and you know they're going around well you, know, you look at a city like that, you look at a city like flint yeah. or detroit they don't deserve they shouldn't get a raise there i mean where's the money going to come from yeah the city's dead 
You and know what hey, they should do is go somewhere else and become a cop. And think about this again. I just want a foot stomp because I'm just watching the chat. We are not anti-cop. We no. are not a hundred percent thin blue you know, line. Yeah. We're we, I'm we, anti-union. I'll tell you that right it, now. But here, here's the thing. I am anti-union. And let me just give you a personal anecdote. Okay, a personal anecdote. I've had a few run-ins with cops. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a masshole with a masshole attitude. So I I, I tend to draw it to myself. Um, but I was down in D.C. I um, went into Congress in an angry mob. <laughs> I did this. Um, not on January 6th. I did it before it was cool. This was Tea Party, protesting Obamacare, all of that. Um, so at that point in time, John Voight was there. I mean, it was a huge turnout, people singing. It was beautiful. Uh, but then at some point, they decided to pass out copies of the Obamacare law because none of our elected representatives had claimed to read it. This, read it. This is where Nancy Pelosi's favorite quote, we have to pass it to know what's in it. So they challenged us to go to our elected representatives and take a copy of the Obamacare legislation and make them read it in front of us, which of course none of them would do. But my elected representative at the time was Barney Frank. And I went to <laughs> Barney Frank's office and I locked my arms into a chair in his desk. And I said, you agreed to see me. I didn't break in here. He did. He welcomed me in because he thought I must have been a Democrat, right? He just assumes everybody's a Democrat from his from his um, district. And so I locked my arms onto a chair and I told him, I'm not leaving until we discuss this Obamacare bill. So we called a cop in and told him to arrest me. I wasn't cited what charge. He had to rip me out of the chair. So you have a law writer telling a law enforcement officer to just do something. And he did it. He did his bidding. And when he got me out into the hallway, we had a, this cop live on camera. Poor cop. I felt bad for him. But now, you know, you have the mob circling around him with cameras everywhere. And I said, you're not arresting me. You haven't cited anything. And he said, that's what our union lawyers are for. That's what our union lawyers are for. I don't know what we could have gotten you on. Trespassing you know, whatever. He just threw a bunch of things at us. And he's like, it's not for me to decide. I grab you guys and our union lawyers. Decide and I, you know, that's fight. a perfect example. That's a private army. The mm -hmm. Capitol Police worked for Barney Frank. Mm -hmm. Barney Frank was a high ranking Democrat. Yes. Mm. So he was in those meetings. I mean, he, they knew him. Yep. I, I didn't even realize how bad the Capitol Police was until January 6th. I had no clue. And there are plenty know. of military veterans there that are trying to make a change. There are. Good. I mean, I'm not trying to, again, I'm not trying to generalize. I just want us to take off the rose-colored glasses. I have plenty of friends who are cops. I love them. They share with me their frustrations on serving with people who don't share the same ideologies they do. They take an oath. Their mission is to serve under the Constitution. They, You know what I mean? That, that is their mission. That is their oath. They are supposed to just abide by the law and that's it. Don't add. But when you add in bureaucracy and crony unions, you have some bad actors. And we can't just turn our heads and pretend these bad actors don't exist because if no, not, not, in, not side, in the name, not in the name of a yard sign. And that's why and that's why and that's why and that's why it and I mean I don't think that you have to keep telling people that we aren't against police because if you've been watching the show for a long time or you've been listening to our voice, you know that we aren't against no. police. You no. know this. So, no. I mean, but but we don't give people uh, a, a rubber stamp either. I mean, if, look, you laugh, you, you laugh at what we do or what we say when we hold Democrats accountable. 
you agree and laugh to a point when we hold Republicans accountable. We can also hold police accountable too, especially yep. when things are questionable. Everything out there, just because somebody gets shot doesn't mean the person that got shot did something wrong. Yep. You have, I mean, there's this thing where, yes, police make mistakes. Yes. Let me put and, it, and put yes, it you do have bad cops. Okay, so I mean, re that's just reality, and you just can't push reality off the cliff and just live in utopia, eating nuts and honey. I mean, that's that's you know what we support. Out. You know what we support, ladies and gentlemen, and you guys can disagree with me if you like. Law and order, right? And that's you know what, what I support. Yeah. You know what? We have law and order up here in the great state of the live free or die state, New Hampshire, because it's a constitutional carry state. And the cops respect that. There are the local cops here are great. They know me. I know them. They pulled me over for a ticket once. We laughed about it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, when I do something wrong, busted. Got it. But you know, we're a constitutional carry state, and cops up here know and respect it is our right to do that. They are no better than us. They're in no authority over us. Um, and we work together. See something, say something, call the cops, they show up. Hey, Fleming, how are you? Good to see you. You know what I mean? So we kind of have that up here. And I'm not trying to say like every state has this problem, but keep an eye on your cops because they need you looking out for them. They need you to have their backs. We were all sleeping and let these unions come in and tell them how to do their jobs. Teachers you know union. Mean? It's Te not just the unions either. It's also the administrations. Yeah. Sure. Just to be, yeah. just to be uh, fair. Uh, of course. Yeah. I mean, every political, every political elected official is going to appoint who they want in charge of their cops. And then, you know, if you've ever been in the military, you get a commander appointed over you, not always sunshine and rainbows. No, it ain't, it ain't, joke it ain't, it And also but, that's where the term, the deep state gets personified. Right. Because you get a chief in there for three years and the guys under the chief are like, don't worry about him. His ass will be gone in three years. Yep. Yeah. Just keep yeah. doing what we've been doing. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I lived through that in the yeah. military. It's like it's Screw like that general. That general be gone here. Exactly. It's like yeah, he's in charge. Look what this. Look what this colonel told me to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, he really right. thinks I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> and because it's political office, the inmates run the asylum. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Straw man. That's what. That's it is. why. That's why I call people like Silas, right? Clyburn. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are like trustees in a Louisiana penitentiary. The freaking Democrats gave them the donkey and the gun and said, go make sure Harlem stays squared away. Basically. I mean, I I, I, still, I still go back to the 60s, the end of the 60s, early 70s. Oh, let me put this out here, too. Um, the Civil Rights Act that LGB, uh, LGB, um, LBJ signed, that's not LGBT. <laughs> Nice Freudian flip there. <laughs> that's not that's not his civil rights act. He said LGBT -E -I -E -I <laughs> Look, I saw somebody on social media say, or maybe it was a news network say say that um LGBT I I did it again, didn't I? The um LBJ's civil rights act. No, it wasn't his civil rights act. There was about 12 of them. They I mean he was against the civil rights. The Act. Democrats didn't want it. The Republicans pushed that through. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why he signed it. When, when Eisenhower and Nixon signed it or supported it back in 1959, when Kennedy and Johnson were against it, TV was just coming out. TV was, you know, 
there wasn't TV in everybody's homes and stuff. So, you know, it America was just waking up to just watching stuff. But when uh, came, but when the mid 60s came around and you saw what was happening down there in Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi, when you saw all that stuff, when that Civil Rights Act hit the White House, that, that desk, you know, Lyndon would have gotten in trouble if he wouldn't have signed that thing. Mm-hmm. They, they would have marched on D.C. And, and, and LGBT Johnson wouldn't have been able to get out of there. So, uh, you know, that's, I, I saw that. And I was like, they are trying well, it, to, they, they are really trying to give him that much credit. For, he was for, one of the most racist white dudes. Yeah. And, yeah. and the is on top of that, right? So you have the Civil Rights Act, but then for the Democrats, it's not good enough, right? So they'll sell to their their audience affirmative action, equal opportunity, like the stuff that's actually racist in practice, right? Busing, um, busing. Boy, we're gonna Austin. let me let me just point out cities who are listening, people who are living in cities who are listening. You elected your leadership. They decided to allow you to leave your community so you could get educated with little white kids and then go back to your community. What you did was you created a prison. And what you did is you you allowed the police to be your prison wardens because you didn't look at why you, your schools weren't good enough in your own community. You decided it was a right for your kids to travel far to go to a different community to get educated just so they promised to come back and not leave. And that's that's what's really happening here. When you look at the cities now, the cops outside the cities that don't live there, they don't want you leaving those cities, especially certain areas. They don't want you leaving those cities. They want you to stay there and they'll turn their head when you commit crime on each what's other. The, what's one of the biggest things they do? What's one of the biggest things they do to facilitate that? They're anti-car. Look yeah. at them. There's bike lanes in your city yeah, yeah. and there's livable spaces that there's no parking spots, <laughs> but try to try to leave. Yeah. Stack on your horse. Oh yeah, my gosh, I meant, I meant to bring this up. And, and hey, anybody listening in, in New Jersey, chime in because I heard this. I heard it through the grapevine. My parents are snowbirds and they were down in Florida talking to some people from New Jersey. New Jersey has now put in place an exit tax. <laughs> and, and, and and here's the thing if you think New Jersey's the only one, New York's going to follow Massachusetts. Oh, you know New York's going to do it. Here's you what are- an exit tax is for people who don't know. It will keep the poor and middle class people stuck in that state with nowhere to go. It's a communist action. Third world countries do it, right? My buddy who had to leave South Korea and another friend of mine who left Peru, they had to pay to get out of their citizenship. And if they didn't and they got back and got caught, they would be detained and forced to serve in that military. I mean, that's what an exit tax is. So they don't want you driving. They got those cute little bike bike lanes for go green. But at the end of the day, hey, you can't go anywhere unless you pay the piper. Most people can't afford to pay that. Let me. Um, from the prison wardens there. We were talking about Graham earlier. I want you to use my words against me. And you know how you make America great again? Tell Donald Trump to go to hell. I think he's crazy. Donald is like being shot in the head. If Donald Trump cares the better of my party, I think it taints conservatism for generations to come. The leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, he's the most consequential Republican since Ronald Reagan. He's a race baiting, xenophobic 
religious bigot. No, I don't think he's a xenophobic, race-baiting religious bigot. You know what concerns me about the American press is this endless, endless attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook, not fit to be president. I think he's a kook. He's not fit to be president of the United States. He's a jackass. Yeah, I like the president. I'm saying my party's completely screwed up. And you could use my words against me and you'd be absolutely... (laughs) I hate that guy. I'm sorry, South Carolina. I hate that dude. Voting for him! Stop voting for him, please. Somebody in South Carolina, stand up. We got to get this guy gone, man. Come on, now. That's what a Republican is in South. And I look, man. I know it was it was Lindsey Graham against Edie Amendada. I know. Oh my goodness. You know. You oh vote my goodness. Hey, in Massachusetts, if you walk like a Democrat, talk like a Democrat, and quack like a Democrat, they're going to vote Democrat instead of Republican. And, he almost he almost lost. Carolina. He almost lost to the Democrat. You remember? You remember yeah. how? You remember how he was um, begging people for money on Fox News? He he was begging people for funds, and, and you know because because he was being outraised, outspent by um, the Democrat side in South Carolina. I mean, you could have played yeah. the real <laughs> Biden. True woman of the Senate. That's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg called him. <laughs> yeah, she sure did. She sure did. She kind of a woman of the Senate. Oh, my God. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we are here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. After each show, we kind of head on lo- kind of head on over to Locals, our Locals um, uh, um, channel, and we do a little bit of extra uh, to kind of wind down for the show. But we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, before we go, last thoughts, Angel. It's only Monday, and look at this. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> just just have peace in your heart. God's in control. We're fighting a battle that's already won. Remember that no matter how insane this gets, just hold on to that cross, man. That's what we got to do. Love you all. That's a good point. How am I supposed to follow that? But uh, Reverend Hutch. This is crazy, man. But listen to this. I, I saw this this morning and it stunned me. During the armed militant takeover of the Seattle Police Department's East Precinct, Following the death of George Floyd to form the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in 2020, Seattle officials drafted legislation to transfer the East Precinct to a local Black Lives Matter activist group, according to documents recently obtained by the Seattle Times. The government was going to give up a precinct to the communists, to the Marxists. Unbelievable. Man, it is crazy. Stay out of Washington State. Yeah, it's crazy what goes on up there. And um, Qatar Airways is going to buy 25 Boeing 737 MAX planes, according to the White House. (laughs) One for each Sultan. Business is good for DOD contractors. We just hope that we don't see them again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean. You've been listening to the award-winning Wayne Dupree podcast. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We broadcast every Monday through Thursday from noon till one. You can download the podcast on most podcast platforms. And be sure to visit WayneDupree.com to stay up on breaking news, politics, and opinions you can trust. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.